This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success, the podcast designed to inspire you and give you actionable information to enhance, up-level, reimagine, and reinvent your life and your livelihood. No matter where you started, where you are now, or where you've been, you too can lead an authentic, first-class life. Each week, new stories of turning points and transformation will help you define what success means to you so you can live your best life on your terms. Now here's your host, first-class life mentor and certified profiting from your passions coach, Kate Bessler. Welcome to Change Redefining Success. I'm your host, Kate Fessler, and today my guest is Felita Hanna Poole. Best known for her no-excuse approach, Felita is one of America's pioneering game changers. She's a prolific international speaker, competent educator and motivator, and CEO of Inspired by Greatness Counseling and Educational Center, Inc., and Hanna's Home Care Agency, Inc., two of America's fastest-growing companies. She's a woman activist who has served in different countries, including Germany, Bosnia, Hungary, and throughout the United States. As an entrepreneur, a community activist, and advocate, she works tirelessly to promote change in the lives of all citizens, including those who are disenfranchised, by helping them to realize their dreams and live a better life. Felita is sought after by both individuals and organizations and has been featured in several sold-out events where she's used her gifts and life experiences to empower people to pursue change and come out of the pits of despair. Each day, she propels thousands with great wisdom using powerful, practical, and realistic strategies. Embracing the virtues of sympathy and love, Felita is delightful and always relates to people with great compassion. Welcome, Felita. Hello, thank you, Kate. Let's go back to the beginning. You were adopted at age three. Do you know the circumstances of why you were put up for adoption? I do. Um, I um, I was adopted actually by my great aunt and great uncle. And initially they came and they um, got me from my mother because she wasn't either able to take care of me, I wasn't taking care of me and my sister. And, uh, but later on, my, my dad was in the military. And so in order for him to be able to get medical help for us, you know, we had to have his name. And mm-hmm. so that was part of the reason why, uh, you know, immediately that he, you know, went back to my mother, who was his niece, and said, if I'm going to have them, you know, I really need to go ahead and make this legal. Oh, Okay. And, and so he did. And, um, you know, the wonderful thing, Kate, is that he kept me in touch with my mother and my father. So I, I, I know them. I've always known them. That is wonderful. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you did know them. I, I did. My dad died about a year ago. My, my biological father died about a year ago. And my sister and I both went to the funeral out of respect. And my Biological mother is alive, and uh, I just saw her in July when I went there for family reunion. So we stay in touch. You know, it, it's been a process, of course, but you know, it it, it happens. Yeah. So it sounds like. Uh, did you feel like you were you angry 
with her or have you have you had um, have you had an opportunity to forgive her for not being able to be the mother she needed to be yeah you know growing up it was uh, first of all let, let me let me say this that I am so thankful that she did actually give me up because she placed me in the hands of a man and woman that were strong people. My dad was, uh, uh, he was at the time he was active duty military. My mother was a stay-at-home mom. And they, you know, they loved me. They loved, you know, they just really loved the pain away. It wasn't until I became older that I went back to my biological mother to ask her about, you know, what are the circumstances? You know, why? What happened? And that's the part where I got angry because instead of the truth, she told me something that was totally different. Mm. Um, you know, and so uh, I, at the time, it just so happened that the attorney that actually had handled my adoption, I was teaching um, school with his wife. And so she told me where I could find him, and I went to his office and had a conversation with him. And, you know, he pulled out the records and said this was done legally. No one was lied. You know, he just said no one was lied to. This was a legal adoption with all parties consenting. Oh, so, so she she claimed that, that they took, him, took you away from her without her consent? Right. Yeah. Oh. She said she had no idea that we were being adopted and... You know, that just really made them to be the villain, oh. you, you know, and so it, you know, but the truth sets you free. <laughs> so, right. so what I realized was that there were some issues there and they weren't my issues. And so as time progressed and I got older and had my children, I realized that I couldn't be whole and I couldn't be complete until I forgave her. She didn't mm -hmm. have to ask me for forgiveness. I needed to be whole because there, there, you know, there's a point where regardless of how much somebody else loves you, when you are not loved by the, the core of who you are, which is your biological mom and dad, it does something to your substance. Mm -hmm. you, you, you know, it, it, and, and I, and I know this, this to be true because later as a therapist, I, I received some training and it was called, I think, Circle of Trust, and that's the same theory that they had, was that that most important relationship, that first bond, can dictate, dictate so much in your life. Mm -hmm. And so I found myself, you know, dealing with so many issues, abandonment, rejection, and all of it stemmed from that first relationship. Yep. And so uh, my, my older sister and I at one point went back to my mother, my biological mother, and we said to her, you know, very humbly, we forgive you. You know, and it was just a time where we wanted to free her from having to tell fantasies or having to try to, you know, the facade. We just wanted to be real. Mm -hmm. And so we, we've had those conversations and we've, we have evolved into, uh, you know, what's evolved is, is a, a relationship. Yeah. Well, good for you. So speaking of having an effect on the rest of your life, you're also a domestic violence survivor. Tell me about that. I am. I am. That's got a good resume going right there, huh? 
<laughs> you know, I. <laughs> what more can we add? On top of the pain, I um, I married my high school sweetheart, and uh, I I I I also has I often hesitate in talking about it because now he's also the the father of three of my children, and mm. I'm sure he's better now. And so my comments are never meant to put him down or to take away from who he is because I'm sure, you know, 26 years later that he has to be a better person, you know. Mm -hmm. But we were both young, and uh, right out of college, I remember um, as soon as we got married, you know, six months later, I announced to him that I was pregnant. And I, I think that there was just stress after stress after stress. Uh, so I had we had our first child, and then uh, four months later, I remember announcing to him again that I'm pregnant, and um, he didn't handle stress well, didn't have those coping mechanisms, and when he got stressed, he just you know he you know he would punch, he would bite, it it, it, it he he would just you know whatever he felt he had to do to get it out on you, he would. Wow, and uh, it was a it was a really dark time in my life. Um, I, the the pain. I mean, as we're talking about it, I'm, I'm you know I'm I'm still seeing it. I'm I'm I'm, I'm I it it was just a really dark time in my life, and I I took it for seven years. I remember that year five, I actually left him. Um, I I packed up whatever I could, and I moved into an apartment with two of my kids. And uh, shortly afterwards, I found out that I was pregnant with child number three. Oh. And I felt so bad. I, I, felt, I felt so bad for my baby um, because I thought, you know, first of all, he, you know, said he was going to go get help. And, and I thought things would be better. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, I want her, you know, I want her to know her dad. It's not fair that she doesn't know him. And so, um, what I did was I gave him another chance. I packed up out the apartment. I went back into our home together. And mm-hmm. um, after she was born, you know the story and how it goes. Things were better for a little while, that honeymoon time. And then after that, um, they just got worse because there was even more stress now with three kids. Although we, we were both middle class. We both had really good jobs. You know, I was a local educator in, in, in my community, and he, you know, was he, he had a good, we all, you know, so we we had the income, but what we didn't have was the skills with dealing with the stress. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and after a while, it just became evident to me that um, I, I, I couldn't do it. I remember one of the, one of the darkest nights was when a gun was pulled on me. And I, I knew then that I could not go back. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So the 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 you know the the violence is real. The trauma is real. And uh, I I was just at that point where I said I I've got to leave for my kids' sake, and I did. Um, I moved into another apartment, and I realized you know I'm too close still. And so I was able to get a lateral transfer with my job, and I actually moved to Germany with my three kids. Wow. 
And you were able to yeah. do that? Were you were you divorced yet, or you just uh, were separated at the time? Um, I think we were divorced. Okay, because we a lot divorced. of times they won't let you leave yeah. the country with your kids, depending on the the court and the state. Yeah, no, we we were by that time we were divorced, and I had full custody. Yeah. Wow. So I was able to to leave to do a lateral transfer with the government, and I transferred to a place called Bad Kreuznach, Germany, and that was my place of healing, my saving grace. Mm. So he didn't come after you. He did. He uh, well, while we were here, we had some incidents. While we were in the same town, we had incidents. But while we were in, when I went to Germany, he did not come after me. What I found, though, was once I got to Germany and I happened to call him one day to talk about some things that were going on, a woman answered the phone. And that's a whole nother story, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I had been gone maybe a week and I called back to my home. Well, you know, I guess it's not your home once you give it up. But yeah. another woman answered my phone and she had already moved into the home. And so there begins the open wound again, oh, you my know, goodness. and so it, 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 it you know, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't end. But I, I had to make the decision, Kate, that I was better than what I had been through, that my children deserve better and that we're going to get through it together. Yes. And Good for did. you. And we did. And we did. So, so you brought up Germany. So you've been an activist in various parts of the world, Germany and Bosnia, I think you said. Um, tell me about that. You know, uh, I, I loved being in Germany, first of all. I, was, I mean, it, it, it's just a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity where I was able to transfer to uh, Bad Kreuznach, Germany, and work there as well as in another community called Dechtheim, Germany. I loved it. I was working for the government. And I was working as an education counselor, education specialist, helping our soldiers to further their education. Mm. And so when the, the um, Bosnia um, uh, conflict developed, we were then given the opportunity to go there and to continue to serve our, our um, government by still offering soldiers opportunity to further their education. And so what I did for the summer was that I brought my kids back um, to the hometown to my, my mother, their grandmother, their dad. I mean, all of them agreed that they would take care of the three kids while I went into Bosnia. And so, um, and so I, I did that for about four months and, and served over there, loved it. I was, you know, I went between Bosnia, Hungary, some of the other bases that were over there, and it was it was a great experience, you know, really, you know, uh, being a part of the, the life of the, the average soldier and then seeing how other people lived in other countries also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big difference, I think. Um, big difference. Tell me, about some, tell me about some of those differences because as a woman of color, uh, you may have faced some obstacles here at home that perhaps didn't exist over there. Did you see a difference in 
in the opportunity or the way that people treated you or any of that? Well, my uh, my dealings were mainly on a base. So being a um, a civilian there, we could not just um, you couldn't just travel, you know, throughout Bosnia. When we traveled, we traveled in a convoy, and oh, so I lived okay. on a on a camp. Yes, yeah, so I, you couldn't just you know you there was no such thing as just walking freely. You know, you you had to travel with the convoys, and some many times I did because I was responsible for maybe two or three different um, campsites where we would go weekly to register soldiers for classes or what have you. But what I really appreciated was the way that the U.S. soldiers treated us, and uh, especially being a woman. I mean, they, nothing but respect, even, especially the sergeant majors, you know. I mean, they, I remember at one particular time, I think there was me, there was, we, we were traveling uh, in between camps. And when I see a convoy, I mean, there are at least, I don't know, five or six other big Humvees with us and somebody in the front has, I mean, they all had, you know, their, their weapons, but they you know, they were all, it was designated, you know, who does this, who does that. And I remember as we were coming up on one little town, there was a commotion there. And I was in the same Humvee as the Sergeant Major. And what I appreciate was that she says to me, you know, whatever happens, stay here. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I just, just the respect and the admiration that they had for civilians, mm-hmm. you know, for me was, was, was just heartwarming. Now, you say that you understand what it's like to be sick, rejected, divorced, discriminated, bankrupt, and broken as a woman. That's pretty harsh. What kept you going? You know, that, that's, a, that's a question that I ask myself when I look back over my life. <laughs> I, I know the, the first thing is that I am a woman of faith. And I... I I believe that regardless to what happens to you, regardless to how dark the night, regardless to how hopeless it feels, there is always hope because my my faith, my life is rooted in in the belief that God always, always brings me out. So first, mm-hmm. I'd have to say it's just my knowing that he always has my back. Uh, the second thing that kept me going were my three kids mm-hmm. because, you know, at the time when we were in Germany, my oldest was, she had just started elementary school, so she was six. My son was five, and my youngest was like two and a half. And I just, I just knew that they deserved more than they had seen for the first half of their life. You know, my I I just I I just knew they deserved more. I I didn't want them to have the same pains that I had. Yeah. You know, and yet I and yet my older daughter she she was old enough where she saw a lot of that violence. She she yeah. remembers a lot of that, and I I just I didn't I didn't want that to be the story of her life. You know, I I just I just I wanted to give them so much more than what I had done for the first part of their lives. Mm. Very strong motives. Absolutely. 
we've got to take a short break. And when we come back, restore my soul. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for joining us. Back now with your host, Kate Fessler. Welcome back. You are listening to Change Redefining Success. I'm your host, Kate Fessler, and today my guest is Felita Hannah Poole. Felita, you are a successful entrepreneur. After all of that, in your early life, you have created two of America's fastest growing companies, which are very different from each other. First, tell me about Hannah's Home Care. What is the mission and what inspired you to create it? Well, if I could back up a little bit, because first I created IBG Counseling Center, which is inspired by Greatness Counseling and Education Center. And that was the company where I started with less than, um, literally less than a dollar in my account. You know, once they take out that service fee, then if you don't have money, then it becomes a negative. And that's where I was when I started my first company. But strategically, I started it by, I, I did the counseling, tutoring in the basement of my home. And then I used that money to go eventually and to open up an office. And after that, I was able to go after state contracts. And, and so the rest is history. But So that's how I started the first company. Then after about 10 years, we kept hearing about the need for home care in the home. Um, and so we started uh, our home care agency. We went and got a um, consultant, and for two years we worked on building the company based upon motives, based upon our mission, based upon our values. And so uh, to answer your question, Hannah's Home Care is named actually after my mother, Jessie Hannah. And I chose that because back in our hometown of, of Leesville, Louisiana, Those are things my mother did. She took care of other people. She cooked, she cleaned, she took them to the doctor. She did all of those things and never charged anything because she said that was her Christian duty. Mm. And so we felt like that it was only fitting that we name that uh, the company on her behalf. And so our mission then is to help the elderly and the disabled to age in place with grace by providing the best caregiver in their home for them. Mm, that's a very timely topic because, as we know, a lot of us are in the sandwich generation where we've got aging mm. parents and growing children. And so how to help our parents age in place is a big deal. A lot of a lot of older people don't want to move to retirement homes or maybe they can't afford to. They want to stay where they right. are. How, right. do people, how do people come to you? How do they find you and what areas do you serve? Well, a lot of them find us through our website. Um, Others find us uh, because they maybe happen to pass by our office and they see the big heart, excuse me, the big heart and the Hannah's Home Care in our window. Uh, Others get word of mouth and they come to us. We're on some of the referral links where you can um, get information about us. So we are actually, our office is located in Tacoma, Washington. 
and we provide services in Tacoma and uh, within a 50-mile radius of Tacoma also we provide services. Now you also have a program called Restore My Soul. Is that part of your company, Inspired by Greatness Counseling and Educational Center, Inc., or is that separate? It's separate. So that would be actually my third company. Um, and that one was started uh, because <laughs> I, I kept hearing women say, man, we need, we need a place for women, Felita. Before my, my, my services were for children and for parents, are for the elderly and the disabled, but women were coming in saying, "We just we we just need something that's just for us." Mm. And so I I I thought about it, and so I I thought, um, you know, what name would be be fitting? You know, what what could I have used in my yeah. dark hours? And you know what what so you know because when you build something, you build it based upon that need. But also you have to look back and say, you know, what is it that could have been a changing point in my life? And so I named it the company Restore My Soul, a healing journey for women. And it really comes out of the 23rd Psalms where it says that he restores my soul. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, meaning God, restores my soul. And while our program is not necessarily based upon uh, the Bible, we do incorporate biblical teachings in there. Um, we, 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 we base it upon practical issues, but all of our teachings, everything is foundationally laid from the Bible. The, the, the goals, uh, you know, the things we teach are the good things. You know, the, it says whatever things are good and, and pure and right, think on those things. So we, we teach good principles for people, good techniques. We speak truth to them because after all, it is the truth that sets you free. Yes, it is. Yes, it is indeed. And for especially for women who are going through some of the things that you mentioned and some of the things that you've been through and you are uniquely qualified to understand where they are as as someone who's been through it in your own life. Um, you mentioned that it's for wounded and broken women, and I'm sure that those are the women, and and many of us these days need our souls restored for sure. Um, it seems like a time when we're all living in kind of a dark place, and so I'm sure that these women are finding a lot of hope through your program. Yeah, we we've had some good outcomes. Um, we 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 really really have because. The program called Restore My Soul is not about judging anybody. It's not about pointing the finger at anybody, but it's about women, and it's a community, and we call it a movement uh, because it's something that we want to catch on everywhere where we will be a a group that lifts others as we climb Mm -hmm. because our, our motto is we're stronger together. We are stronger so, together. Absolutely. Regardless, we are more alike than we are different. And one of the things that we stress in our membership group, which the next the next membership group opens up uh, December 15th is when we start, but we're accepting members now. One of the things that we teach is that it is most important 
that we lift others as we climb. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is the fundamental mission of our group is to find somebody and to lift them as we climb, maybe by mentorship or sponsorship or whatever it is. It, it, it It behooves us to take the time to lift those as we climb because, you know, it, in my lifetime, I can remember every woman that took the time to lift me while she was climbing. I mean, there are about 25 of them, and I still know their names. Mm-hmm. I, some of them have, have transitioned on to the next life. To, you know, others are still here, but I still remember them. And imagine and so, what, what a wonderful world it would be if we all did that, lifted each other up uh, as we climb. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we all need it. People are hurting. And, and, and I, you know what I realized, Kate, is that I was fortunate that when I ran to a foreign country, I ran to some support there. Because waiting there for me was my sponsor, who has, you know, who was like an angel for me. She didn't judge me. I, I told her about where I had been, and she just became like a best friend to me and took me under her wings, she and her husband, and nurtured me and my babies, and, you know, just kind of helped to heal those wounds because I was hurting. Oh, bad. And, and yet I didn't want people to know it because you can't, you cannot go through abuse or domestic violence and not come out wounded. Oh no, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, but but it but it was her and others who took the time to pull me up and to begin to to lift me and to to help to heal those wounds. You know, and that's what my group does. That my my community does. We we make sure that on those wounds that we're trying to heal, we use the right type of antiseptic because mm. the wrong type may not allow you to heal it. You know, that unforgiveness, sometimes we put unforgiveness on those wounds and it won't heal. It'll just put a scalp over it. But we mm-hmm. want to get to the source of, 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 that, of that sore so that it will heal and that you do forgive. Mm, that's a great analogy. Yeah. So yeah. we're almost out of time. I have to ask you. What is one book or resource that changed your life that you would recommend to people? Yeah. I'm an avid reader. I try to read at least two books a week. Sometimes I fail. But always, I love love to read. As a matter of fact, I was an English major, and I was an English teacher, and I was an English professor. But out of all the books that I've had the opportunity of reading, and there have been many that I could name, the greatest book that I've read that has changed my life is the Bible. And I, and I say that because I am a woman of faith, and I believe everything that the Bible says. And I believe when it says, you know, you've got to forgive, I believe it. When, when it, the Bible tells me that God's plans are greater than my plans, I believe it. You know, when, when it tells me that I'm more than an overcomer, I believe it. And so when I read it, I read it to apply it to my life, and that's what gives me strength because it's, 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 it may be a book, but it's a, a book that's alive and that's active. And when we read it and we study it and we digest it, it becomes healing for our souls. It becomes restoration for our souls and for our lives. 
Well, Felita, you are a dynamic and amazing woman. We are so blessed to have you on this earth to bring us your amazing gifts. I know God put you here for a reason. How can people That's find cool. out more about you and your work and maybe register for your membership program? Absolutely. So here's a simple way. You can go to uh, bit.ly slash restore my soul. That's one way. Otherwise, you can find us on Facebook at Restore My Soul Today. Okay. How's that? Uh, yeah, how's that? Is that enough or you want some more? Or? No, 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 that's fine. <laughs> okay. I think that gets, that'll get people on the right path. Awesome. Right. Now, our website, our, our website is uh, RestoreMySoulToday.com. And we would we would love to have any women that are you know that are looking for a community to belong to just to to be restored. Yeah, and for women who have suffered some of you know domestic abuse or some other Absolutely. you know traumatic relationship experiences or traumatic experience in their lives, um, a healing community uh, which will Absolutely. help them get get back on the right track. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Felita Hannah-Pool, thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you for letting me just share some of my nuggets of wisdom. Thank you so much. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's Virtual Office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's Virtual Office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's Virtual Office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. for joining us. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Did you key in on her message about forgiveness? Often we think if we forgive someone, it's condoning their behavior or letting them off the hook. But it's really letting ourselves off the hook. How much energy goes into holding on to that pain that could be channeled into creating a better life for ourselves? Forgiveness is not about the other person. It's about you, making peace with your life experiences and allowing yourself to thrive, sometimes in spite of it and sometimes because of it. If you have something to add to the conversation, please leave a comment on my Facebook page, First Class Life Solutions. If you'd like to be a guest on my podcast, please click on the link at the bottom of the show page and fill out the survey. If it seems like a good fit, I'll be in touch. At the end of each podcast, I sign off with, here's to your authentic first-class life. Next week, I'll be talking about what that really means and what you need to know to really be living it. I hope you'll join me. Until then, here's to your authentic first-class life. I'm Kate Fessler. Thanks for listening to Change, Redefining Success. Listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts 
at ewnpodcastnetwork.com.